listening to Draw and Talk, a show about indie comics and making comics, with your host, Tyler Carpenter. All right, here we go. Hey, everyone, this is your boy Tyler. Welcome to another episode of Draw and Talk, where we talk about indie comics and making comics. And uh, today I have an awesome guest on today. His name is Joseph Dewis, and he's going to be talking about uh, something that I actually don't know a lot about, and I'm actually really excited to talk to him about it because... This might change the whole game for me. This might change everything for me. So, uh, Joseph, thanks for being on the show. Hey, nice to be here. All right, so Joseph, Joseph, right now, uh, he has a Kickstarter right now on uh, Kickstarter, duh. And uh, it's called Dr. Orange. And uh, hit the link down below in the description. You can, um, I've already put the link up there so that once you click on it, it'll take you straight to his campaign. He's got three days left. It's already funded, but just for the sake of things, uh, Joseph, tell us about the comic and tell us why um, people should fund it. Uh, well, the, the comic is uh, about a woman. She carves a jack-o'-lantern for Halloween, and then she starts having dreams about the jack-o'-lantern coming after her and trying to ruin her life. And and uh, then when she wakes up, she starts seeing that the pumpkin has moved while she's been asleep. And she is uh, a schizophrenic, and she has a history of hallucinations, so she's not really sure... Uh, if what she's seeing is reality or whether it's a hallucination. And that's okay. uh, pretty much it right there. <laughs> and um, how long is how long do you think this comic book is going to be running? Or is it just a one-off, one-shot? It's a one-off, it's a one-off yeah. It's a, it's a completely self-contained comic. Uh, it's 22 story pages. Um, it's pretty much done except for we have to put one panel in there to put the people who get drawn into the comic in there. Oh, nice. You know, that's why I'm I'm really, as I'm talking to more indie creators, and I have, like, this problem with my, with my, you know, comic book creator, um, what do I say, career, is that I'm always, like, thinking when I come up with a story, I want to do, like, four issues or six issues, and my comic book, Demons, that's on its final issue is 14 issues, and... That's a really long time, whereas I'm seeing all these successful people in my eyes. They're funding their comic books, and it's one issue, and it's such a great like, w- like way to get people to start reading their comic books. They don't, have, they don't have to be invested in a series. It's just this one really good comic book. Um, was that your intention when you created when you thought about Dr. Orange as just a, a one-shot, as it's just going to be a good self-contained story that's going to entertain people? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, everything I've done so far has been self-contained. Uh, so this is the fourth comic uh, that I've done, and um, yeah. So I, the first one I did was was like thirty story pages, and then I was thinking like, okay, this is like way too much for me right now. Like so I, so I, and it was in, and it was in full color. And I went back and I did a couple that were like fifteen and seventeen pages and were black and white, and it was like a lot easier to kind of digest first. And so I, I wanted this one to be in color too because it's called Dr. Orange. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, for it, like, you know, uh, but, but I was like, I just, I'm just going to do it. And um, I wrote the script and it was 22 pages. And I was like, this is, this is fine. Um, you know, and I also really like, uh, like horror anthology series. And there's always just like a story and it's, it has a beginning and it ends. And, you know, it might be six pages or eight pages or 10 pages. Uh, or whatever, and it's just all over. Uh, and and I think also if it's if you have a self-contained story, you don't necessarily know if the characters are coming back. There's there's some kind of tension there, um, and you don't feel the need to necessarily establish the rules of a universe or whatever. You know, you just kind of focus on telling a good story. 
um, and you you do it in you know in the style and the format that you like, and it doesn't have to match the format or style of anything else that you do. So yeah, that's like that, and that's something that I I'm finding is really nice. Is I'm I'm trying to right now write a one shot comic book. I'm finding it hard. It'll probably be like 36 pages, but and I'm gonna draw it. But the nice thing is I I'm thinking of all this world building stuff and all the rules, and I'm like you know I don't have to think about this. I don't have to explain it. It's just gonna be a one shot. It's gonna be a good story. It's gonna be entertaining. And yeah, and it's 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 a one and done. And I don't know, maybe I'd, I'd love your opinion on this, but I'm thinking maybe at the end, you know, maybe leave it as it could lead into a another a potential series or many probably most likely like two two or three more issues. Would like what is your feel on that with like your own experiences doing one shot comics? Do you ever leave them up in the air in case like maybe there should be a Doctor Orange two or? Do you think yeah. it's just good to keep it self-contained? Uh, I mean, I prefer to keep them self-contained, but but uh, so the first comic that I wrote was The Order of Dracula, and it was 30 pages, and and you know, it kind of came up with this idea like like Dracula has these human allies, you know, like Renfield, um, and there's always like an excuse. It's always like, oh, this guy's insane, or like this guy's like you know charmed by Dracula or whatever. But I was thinking, like, that really kind of strips all motivation from these characters. Uh, so so I, I, I decided I was going to make a comic where Dracula had an ally who was completely witting. Um, and so I started thinking about, like, why somebody would do that. And and so I came up with having it um, be an ideological and political motivation. So the guy is, a, is an Irish uh, separatist. It takes place in 1900. Um, he's an Irish separatist. And, you know, he, he has lived in Dublin his whole life. And. And he wants to get rid of the Dublin Castle government, and and so and and split off from the UK. So he he kind of uh, comes into contact with Dracula, and he, and he decides to ally with Dracula. And the comic is about the test of loyalty he has to undergo as uh, as being an ally of Dracula. And I pretty much thought that was going to be it. And, but then while I was writing it, I you know I revised it like four times, and the last time I was thinking like. You know this this comic is like it's kind of cool as like a concept, but none of like neither of these characters has achieved their goals. You know, like like you have this one guy who wants you know Ireland, to free Ireland, and actually Dracula's goal is to and you know our Dracula's goal is to uh, collapse the Ottoman Empire. So so neither one has achieved their goal. So I was like, man, I have to do a sequel now. I kind of show how it plays out. Um, so that's kind of. So it ended up, and I kind of knew there was going to be more to it, but um, it's still sta completely standalone. Um, and then there's going to be a a second chapter called the the Crusade of Dracula that we're going to do it next year. Uh, but but uh, yeah, and then there's there's probably going to be a third part too. Um, but it, it's <laughs> it happened completely unintentionally. But you know, my my goal is to make all of these pretty standalone. You know, one is about you know one takes place in 1900 and. And one takes place, um, you know, in a rebate over World War One, and the third one is during the Irish, uh, the War of Irish Independence. So they they'll all kind of be separated by some time, and and uh, hopefully it'll be you'll be able to read one without having to read the others. Uh, it's it's really hard though because you know there's always, <laughs> to, there's always to keep that yeah to keep that like to keep everything connected while also saying you could pick this you can put pick book two up without having to pick book one up. But at the same time, though, if you did it well, book two could be really good on its own. And then those who had read book one would be like, hey, I see how this is all connected. And 
I don't know. It gives them to gives them a way to like cheer on your book. Um, but I, I really want to talk about. Uh, let's get. I'd love to get into a topic right now on crowdfunding. Um, this is not. This is some. This is really unfamiliar to the territory for me. Um, I've you know my book Demons. It's fourteen issues. I paid for it myself. I have a five issue graphic novel. I paid for myself. And then I decide I'm just going to do all the art on my next book by, by myself as I write it. So I've never crowdfunded a book and I've always been super scared. And now that those two books I just mentioned, the publisher dropped them without completing the series or publishing them. I'm now, I'm now, I'm now thinking about crowdfunding these books on Kickstarter, but I have like zero knowledge on what it takes and like, I'm super scared. That's why I haven't done. I've had these books. I've had these books done for like a year and I haven't done anything with them. Cause I don't know. I'm too scared. So like, t- I don't know. Tell me about like, tell me about Kickstarter. And also let's also weave in the fact of um, we're both part of this group in the comic book and cons- the comic conspiracy where they talked about, you know, is it possible to make a profit? Which issue you need to make a profit on your books. And you, and then you told me before we hit the live button that, because of crowdfunding, you can we can now do this. So maybe we can hit that as well. But what's your experience with crowdfunding? I know you, it, like, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? And what does it take to get a book funded since, you know, both your books have been funded? Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is my third one. I, I think it's, I think it's a good thing overall. It's just, you, you have to, you got to do some research and you got to study and, and you got to make sure that you're, you know, doing it the right way. Uh, it's, it's 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 hard to do, but it's not any harder than if you didn't kickstart it. You know, I mean, if you if you go out there and you say, hey, "I have this comic and I'm trying to sell it," and you know, you're you're bringing it around to comic shops and taking it to shows and stuff, um, you know, it's like that. Uh, except, I, I mean, I think it's actually less difficult. You know, because uh, I mean, me with somebody who has three kids under five, and you know, it's it's it's, it's hard to get out and stuff. Um, so. <laughs> You know, it's it's easier for me just to kind of like if I have um, if I'm doing a Kickstarter, it's easier for me to kind of manage it online um, instead of having to kind of get out there. And, and I mean, and I mean, you can sell it on your online shop, too, but that's really, really difficult. Uh, you know, it's I mean, I've had an online shop for a while and <laughs> I've had like very, very few sales on it. You know, and there's something and there's something weird about that. The, there's something weird that for some reason, because I've had an online store zero sells everyone yeah <laughs> zero buys, and i'm just like okay and i and i wonder but I, I have a feeling that if i were to put it on kickstarter everyone's like i don't know it gives them the feeling of this is the only chance i can buy this right now so i've got to do it right now whereas if it's in your store they're like oh i could just do it a different day it doesn't matter but for some reason kickstarter's like you got to do it now now or never yeah, Kickstarter has these great psychological triggers in it. You know, one of them is the fact that it's time limited. Another is the exclusive nature of it. You know, um, like most of the stuff that I that I sell on Kickstarter, that's like this extra merchandise and stuff. Like, uh, not like the main comic, but the extra merchandise. Like, I usually don't sell it outside of Kickstarter, um, so I usually don't even produce it outside of Kickstarter. I just like, you know, like art prints. Like, I never be able to sell that stuff. Um, but on Kickstarter, people will buy it if it's part of a if it's part of a bundle to buy it. Um, or uh, I've sold like a handful of stickers at cons or something, but like you know nobody's gonna buy that. Um, if I sell anything, it's comic books uh, when I go to cons, but I really sell nothing else. 
So, you know, like uh, uh, put that stuff in there and it kind of beefs up the rewards and, and, and people will buy it. Uh, and it's, you know, that's, that's one of the things that they can get stuff they can't get anywhere else. And um, another one is, you know, people really kind of like being part of something and, and they like to see that, oh, I really helped this thing, this thing exists. And I, I, I'm actually part of this process. You know, like I always put people's names in the back uh, who back the comic and, and um, a lot of people do that. Some people don't No, I mean, it's it, it, some, some people have so many backers. It's like too difficult to do that. But, yeah. Uh, um, but, but yeah, I always do that. And it makes people feel like they've, you know, they're, they're part of it. Then I, I, I have drawing levels because people like to be drawn into comics. So, you know, just, just the, the idea that you have a limited time that you, that you have to sort of get on board with this from day one. And that's, that's something that's really powerful too, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, what you could do with your, with your series is, I mean, even though I've already paid for it, um, you could launch it on Kickstarter. I mean, I, I pretty much pay all the art costs up, up front. Um, and then I try to make it back with Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if it's already done, you just kind of, you could release it in like, you know, X number of volumes or whatever, you know, and instead of just doing like the you know, 14 issues is like a huge book, you know? Yeah. And, I, yeah, I thought about that, and I looked at the cost. I was like, I don't have to charge like eighty, hundred bucks for the, all fourteen issues. Like, that's well, maybe I should break. I'm thinking of breaking it down to three volumes, like four issues, four or five issues each. In yeah. there, um, but I like what you said. It's that Kickstarter has some psychological effects on humans, where they, there's, like you said, there's the time limit, and there's also the the desire to have them, they, you know, people think, Hey, like I, I was a part of this project and I, I, I helped um, put it into fruition. And that's something I've never really thought about until our conversation. Um, so where does one, so you just got your hundred, you got a hundred backers, um, today. And you're at 115. Yep. Good job. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where does <laughs> this is the this is a question for me and um you know what's funny is I actually was driving home today and had a lot of thoughts on my mind so I I put my camera like on a stand and I was driving and I was just rambling on how like I ha- I do this I do the show draw and talk to interview creators so I can like steal their knowledge so yeah. I can like learn from them um where does one get these one hundred fifteen backers. Like how much of them are friends, family, and how much of them are just like unknowns? Um, uh, well, for this campaign, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, it, it started out where there was a lot of knowns and I thought it was going to be mostly return people, but they were just the early backers. Um, and then as we went like further and further along, um, you know, it was, it was just completely new people. I've got a handful of people that always kind of back my stuff, but it's Rick, like, I don't know, like two or three people that are just like fans. Um, and then, you know, then I have some family and friends, although it's a lot fewer than it used to be. Um, oh, Josh is doing another yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the first time it was like, oh, everyone's on board, you know. Uh, and then, um, and then uh, there's, there's a lot of other creators in there. Um, and then, and then there's just been like a lot of random people. And I think part of that is networking and just kind of getting um, your team and getting, getting other creators to kind of, you know, advocate for you because everybody has a different audience. Um, and you might get a few from that. Um, 
you know, I've had people send out emails to their mailing lists and I've had some people back because of that, um, you know, the fans of other creators, um, you know, and there's, and there's a handful of people who just go and Kickstarter and they look for stuff to back. And, and that's, you know, like, that's, that's like a small group, but you know, it's like kind of reliable. Uh, and then there's, uh, then there's people who, who either follow me on Kickstarter or follow somebody who backed it. Um, and then, they, and then they will get an email notification and they will say, Hey, you know, this person backed this or, or, you know, like in my case, like this person launched this project. And that's actually the, the most reliable way to get Kickstarter backers is, is, is it, they, they get a notification from Kickstarter and people are, are very likely to just kind of like, you know, I, I mean, I get a lot of them, so I don't click on all of them, but like if a title kind of grabs me, like I'll look at it and I'll say, Oh, this is, this is interesting. Um, Does that notification come to you in your email? Or just you have to go on Kickstarter.com to see it. It's in your it's in your email, yeah. So so if you click on follow creator, um, oh okay, or follow or you can just follow anybody on Kickstarter, and it'll mm-hmm. say like, hey, uh, this person backed this and this and this and this and this, and and you can look at it, and go, oh, this title's interesting, and then you, you click on it, and then you go, oh, this this is like something I like, and then you back it. That's really probably the most effective way to reach people. So you know, the longer you do it. The more people follow you, um, you can actually even. I know Russell Nolte was talking about strategy. He was trying to get, he's trying to kind of, kind of direct people to follow him on Kickstarter, which I think is a good idea, and I never have done before. Um, but, but uh, just kind of say like your mailing list, like, hey, you know, if you want to get a notification of when we launch, like, just follow me here, and and then I like, could follow him on Kickstarter, and then and then that's you know that's a that's a a good percentage of people too. So the more people that back you, the more likely you are to get more backers that you don't know because they will have been following somebody who backed you. you know? So, um, what, how long, um, how important is, do you, so I'm looking, um, at your Kickstarter again. Um, how important do you think were the pre-release reviews and also the different interviews that you went on, whether on podcasts or like, how like well do you like how how like do you how well do you think they help you promoting your book? Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, <laughs> honestly, like you know, because I did a lot of these and I and I haven't had anybody say to me, "Hey, I, I saw you on this and I heard you on this and I'm, that's why I'm backing you." You know, um, because you don't usually get that kind of feedback. Uh, I, I think I'm, I might put something in the questionnaires and the surveys, like how did you hear about us, and put some you know put some some choices in there. Uh, and it looks other. good though. Like if I was exploring, oh, like all these people like kicked out this book. This must, yeah, this <laughs> yeah it's it's really, kind of, it's really kind of interesting. Like I, I don't, I don't know that I've had anybody come from the web comic, um, but I, but what has happened is people have found the Kickstarter page and they've read the web comic, and then <laughs> and then decided that they were going to back it. So uh, that's because I kind of put I put that stuff on there because it's it's kind of like social proof. It's like you know people said that people have read it, people like the comic and. And, um, you know, if you really want to read uh, most of the comic, you can go here and, and people can then decide whether they want it or not. And if they don't like it, then they probably shouldn't be backing it to begin with. So, um, how long, um, how long then? So, so you have the book and you've now decided I want to kickstart this book in your, in your advice, in your opinion, what is, how long should you start promoting your Kickstarter? Like the page? You have the book, you have the page done. How long should you start saying, hey, guys, I'm going to be launching this soon and on this date? So what's from this date to, you know, the past, 
how how long do you promote your Kickstarter before you hit that live button? Well, so I, I started this one like in November. Uh, I, I I put I, I decided when I put out Cat and Mouse, which I last found, like I, I decided I was like, well, I want people to kind of be excited for what's coming up. So so I had a an ad in the back of Cat and Mouse that said, this is going to be our launch date for this Kickstarter. And I didn't have a URL or anything. And then I just said, like, this is going to be launch date. And it was in black and white. And um, so I decided on the launch date then. And then uh, then I spent a while kind of working on it. And then I was just kind of sharing pages as it was coming up. And that was probably between January and May. But I wasn't, like, really in full promotion mode. Um, and then I sort of dedicated, like, May, mid-May to our launch date in August just to going out there and trying to get the word out. Um, so I, I think, you know, I've heard, and I was kind of basing it on some things that I heard about how long it is, how long you should really have like a pregame um, was two to three months is what I heard. I said I did three months because, you know, like I've never really had the, this amount of success on Kickstarter before. So I just wanted to make sure that was kind of fun. Um, and, uh, but I've also heard people say three to six months or six to 12 months or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I think I think six months is really long, and it, it just just like in terms of, you know, it takes you a certain amount of time to make comic, it takes a certain amount of time to promote it, it takes a certain amount of time to fund it, print it, and everything. Um, and if you're and if you're spending six months, I, so so I mean, I think if you don't have a day job, um, you can probably do some of these things simultaneously. Um, but but for me, it was like if I didn't like dedicate that time just to promoting and doing nothing else, then I would never have done it. You know, so so I just said like, oh, in, in six uh, months, like I, yeah. as a as a customer, I feel like I'd be like six months until this product, I'll forget about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I got to keep mentioning it. <laughs> yeah. So that's <laughs> all right. So here's another question then: How um, important it is. To, how do you balance between getting people to to like bat, like check out your Kickstarter page, and then when do you feel like it's it's spammy? Like when do you think okay, like stop it, like because you know I, and I know you're part of all these like there's like what I like about indie comic conspiracy that Facebook group is there there are rules and people are really respectful in the rules, yeah. but then like no offense to like uh, ICC independent. Yeah, and yeah. career connection—that's just a spam. That's just a dump. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't post in groups too much. Um, I've done it like probably I can count the times on one hand this campaign just because I tried it before and I never had much success with it. Uh, so I, I know a lot of people do it and maybe it works for them. I don't know. Um, so, so I just I try not to do it then because because you know like I, I realized during the second campaign that I had a lot more success when I was just kind of like. At the end of every day, on my own timeline, I was just saying, "Hey, this is our progress on the Kickstarter," and people were interested in it then. Um, and that's that's like just case more genuine, and you're not kind of spamming a bunch of people to get know. You're just kind of putting on your friends list, and then I share it on my, um, you know, I have a company page. I share it on there. Um, you know, and I don't know how many people see that. Probably zero, but but it shows uh, that you you're taking the time to send out a message you're not just like copy paste copy paste in all these different groups you're saying hey this is joseph you know we're at, we're doing really well on the kickstarter um if you want to check it out please please do so and that's like you said it's more genuine it's more personal and you know i'm like yeah like, I'll, I'll definitely like check that out whereas if it's just like a check out my kickstarter spam 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 on every comic book group you're like okay i get it like 
you want me to check this kick and it makes you like almost uninterested at that point yeah and and i mean also something that works really well is you just kind of say hey you know i have this i have this uh this this campaign like to say to other creators or even you know there are some people who are just kind of like advocating and they're not creators but they they just kind of want to advocate for indie creators you know just say hey i have this campaign just share share it around see what happens and 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 you know they usually will um and sometimes they also back uh and that's and sometimes it's actually better it's actually more valuable for you to have them share it because you know it'll get to people that you wouldn't have got to otherwise and then backing it you know if they decide to back it, it's just also another bonus yeah so one I, thing that one thing that like i think people like like don't realize is that these groups that like were in like indie comic conspiracy icc all these other ones is that they're full of people who want to make comics and they're not like yeah i mean obviously they're fans of comics but they're not hitting like if you post it in that group you're just talking to people who also are wanting to make comics and it almost makes your message redundant <laughs> whereas yeah. i wish that there was a group of people who want to buy indie comics they weren't creators they weren't trying to promote they're just like hey guys what's out this what's out this month on for indie like creators because like if you were to post something in in indie comic experience like hey i got this book everyone's like yeah we got we got books too we're, we're all we're <laughs> yeah, trying, yeah. We're trying yeah. to sell our books as well <laughs> whereas if there was a group of just strictly indie comic readers who you just like hey guys this is my book they go oh, so i want to get on board with that that should be a thing if 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 someone could make that yeah i i think i think that probably wouldn't succeed because so many people would spam them and you know oh, i probably should leave. uh yeah I, don't, I, I know some creators have like their own groups that are like just for their fans um i think that's a good idea i haven't really done that yet because I, I i didn't really think i would be able to fill it with content you know um but uh but yeah like you know, like like Dirk Manning. I think I'm in his fan group. Uh, he's he's got a, like a, a fiends of Dirk Manning group, and I uh, post stuff in there. Um, and that's probably the closest. But there's also like a there's also like an indie horror comics, and it's and it gets it's, I guess the posts are moderated, so it kind of keeps down on the spam there. Um, I'm not sure how many people that reach there though. Yeah, those ones. Are, like I have a group for this youtube channel and i can promote but like the interaction is like shiz <laughs> it's it's crap but it's just like another like place for me to spam um so i guess um I, I, let's let's end this show i try to keep the show around like 20 30 minutes but joseph to um to those who are like thinking about making a comic or thinking how i want to try delve into the indie world what advice can you give to a newbie someone who's like i'm thinking about making a comic or crowdfunding what is some overall advice that you can give to someone that i don't know could change their life in making comics um i mean i'm not like the guru there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff written about this um so i encourage you to go read um madeline holly rosing's book kickstarter for independent creator um what's the comics launch um Russell Nolte has a book about it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about it out there that, that I can do better than me. But I mean, as far as my experience, um, I, I'm realizing it like networking. So like, I'm not a very uh, people person. I'm like really bad with people actually. Um, but I kind of had to like- You're doing great right now. You're doing great right now. 
<laughs> yeah, I kind of had to force myself to uh, to kind of like talk to people. Um, but I'm realizing in networks, and not just like a network of common creators, but like a network of, you know, um, like people at work or um, like there's a couple of groups that I'm in at work. Uh, one is like a comic book group at work is like another one is um, uh, actually like a tabletop role playing game group at work that's like you know just kind of people talk about we have like a chat room at work and we just talk about like tabletop role playing games and i actually had a couple backers from there um you know like uh, you know i'm i'm not like really big into the local community but i know some people who have been really like kind of like they're in, they're in a small town and know everybody um you know like that has been to their advantage um so you know like just you know, obviously there's people, you know, that are, that are going to be toxic and you don't want to deal with them, but you know, like everybody else, if you're in groups and you're personable and you know, people, you know, those people can, I, I had some, one of my backers, like this time actually kind of said to me, Hey, you know, there's a, there's a YouTube show. I know of, like, maybe you should go on there. And I said, oh, I never even heard of that. You know, like, so, <clears throat> so, uh, if you get these, you get these people who are kind of like, you know, um, and, and you can get them through networking, like, that's really helpful. Um, something else that's really helpful is like you just just talk about the comic, like the whole process. Like it takes me like ten months to make a comic, so like I just like talk about it constantly. You know, like there's there's nothing to be gained from not talking about it, and there's no way you're going to be overexposed because it's like Star Wars. Nobody says Star Wars is overexposed because they're like you know they're advertising five months ahead of time. It's like it's you know, and they have all this advertising money behind them. And we don't have anything, you know, so just kind of use your social media and talk about it. Um, and you just kind of got to realize, like, you're, you're not going for the sale. Like, you're just you're, you're just kind of talking to people. Just being genuine with them. You know, they're probably not going to buy anything from you. But but they might but they might say, hey, I know this guy. This guy's cool. Like, maybe check out his page or whatever. So, um, yeah. So and, and also, like, have, like, a big lead time. Um, so I've actually done successfully shorter Kickstarter campaigns. So my first one was 33 days, and my second one was 26, and my third one was 25. And my third one is actually my most successful um, in in any way measure it. But uh, you know, like I sort of baked in that three months, and the first time I had like zero, and the second time I had like three weeks, and and, and so like I think that made a huge difference because you you could kind of go out there and it gives you plenty of time to do PR. YouTube shows, um, uh, podcasts, whatever, um, you know, and it also kind of gives you and, and doing the webcomic really helped me too, um, because I, it actually gave me social proof of people kind of, kind of commenting on it and you kind of got an idea of what the reader said. Then I put it on Instagram and I got some, some comments there. Uh, some of which I, I put on the Kickstarter page. That's all that, all that stuff can go on your Kickstarter page. It makes your Kickstarter page look better once you launch. Uh, so it's, you know, been really, really difficult for me because I just, you know, like I'm just bad with people, <laughs> you know, uh, but, 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 uh, you know, like, like spent like, spent like 40 years not talking to anyone, but, uh, <laughs> I just, but I just, I just was like, I have to get out there. I had to do this. Um, and, and it's actually kind of fun to talk about your comics, you know, or talk about any comics with anyone. Um, cause you find these people who are like-minded and it's not. It's not painful, you know. Yeah. yeah, just you know, everyone go out, network. If you if you want to be successful in indie comics, <laughs> you're gonna have to go talk with someone. You're gonna yeah. have to 
Um, I was sitting next to someone at a Comic Con, and they were so quiet. They didn't say one word. They just sat there, and I was like looking at them, like, like why are you, why, why are you here? And um, I was so loud the whole time, like, like I was like, hey, you, come over here, let me talk to you. I was doing magic tricks to get people to come yeah. to my booth, and. At the end of the day, the guy's like, wow, just rough day. Like, you did well. And I was like, bro, like, what do you mean rough day? There were so many people that came to your table. You didn't talk to them. You just, like, stared. Yeah. Like, they were flipping through his book. And he's just like, you going to buy it? And then they just walk off. And I'm like, I wonder if you had just been like, hey, this is my book. Let me tell you more about it. Be more personal. Be more genuine. And they might, might would have bought it. And something I like that you also said is um, – is when you're interacting with people, don't interact thinking that, don't interact with people thinking, oh, you know, I'm doing this because I want your sale. You know, be genuine, be who you are, be a nice person, provide value. And at the end of the day, let's say, you know, they don't buy your book. At least you, that's a form of networking. You made a friend, maybe, you made a friend, they'll share your comic, they'll maybe back it in the future. Um, you might meet other people who are going to move you forward um, because of that one person. So don't look at people as sales. Look at people as friends and networking opportunities um, and be a genuine person. That's how you're really going to succeed. So I like that you said that. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I started doing cons for the first time this year. And I just I just knew I was like, I got to go out there and I got to talk to everybody. And I and, you know, like I I, and I did. Um, you know, it's it's kind of draining to do. But I mean. Everybody's within the, within the inside. I was like, "Hey, take a sticker." It's like I had this thing, giving people free stickers, and I was like, "Take a sticker," and it, it was almost like more for me than it was for them because I it gave me like a way to start talking to them, you know, um, and and it, and you know if they didn't if they didn't buy something, a lot of times they sign up for the mailing list or or they um, you know or they would take the sticker and they had the website, so you know it, it's always uh, it's always something to get out of it. Like I, I haven't really gotten great at doing cons but you know like <laughs> there's there's definitely I, I like i noticed notice like over the course of the year that i i did better like relative to the table costs at, at every con that i went to compared to the previous one so i, I think i'm kind of learning it um i actually had to like we have these security guards at work and i i, I actually had to like I was like, I have to train myself to like start talking to people when I see them. So, so I go on and see the, see the security guards. It's the first people I see every day. So I go, I'm like, hey, you know, what's up? You know, so all the security guards know who I am now, um, <laughs> which, which I guess is good. But it's like it's sort of like it had to, I had to force myself to get into the practice. It's something uh, you have to learn. And, yeah, like you said, you have to practice. You, it's, you have to go out of your way. Um, and if you, that's not the kind of person you are, then you you have to start liking people and and start talk and start talking with them. Yeah. Um, Joseph, can where can where can people find you on either Instagram or or Twitter? Do you, are you on any of those platforms? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at Heresy Studios LL, uh, and then um, I'm on Instagram at Heresy Studios LLC Comics. Um, and then I have a Heresy Studios LLC Facebook page. Um, and then the, uh, the Kickstarter is at drorangecomic.com. And then I also have a website at heresystudiosllc.com. And there's at that website, there's links to all that stuff. So, boom, everyone, uh, 
check Joseph out. I, like I said, I put his Kickstarter at the at the bottom of, of the description. It's actually it's not the bottom of the description. It's at the top of the description. It's just at the bottom of this page. Um, so yeah, check his check his book out if you're really if you're interested. Back it. It's got three days left to go. It's already funded, so you know you're gonna get you know you're gonna get the product, uh, which is super nice. I hope you guys got something out of it. I learned a lot about crowdfunding. I've never done one before, and I'm really really pushing myself to get my books on there. And you know, talking with Joseph right now, it's really helped me uh, move forward, take that next step forward. So thanks everyone for watching. Thanks Joseph for being on the show, and uh, hit the subscribe button if you're interested in watching some more. Um, I got awesome creators on here all the time, so. Thank you very much. You guys have a good freaking day. Stop the broadcast.